This is Recorded Podcast We still alive, y'all It's a lot of shit going on in the world We gonna have a good time today Too short, let's go I go on and on Can't understand how I last so long I must have superpowers Rap 225,000 hours Get a calculator, do the math I made a thousand songs that made you move your ass And for the last 300 months I made 16 albums with me on the front And they bump Where you get your beats I heard 93 rappers say bitch like me Two singers and 10 comedians And I'm still gonna yell it every time you see me in What's my favorite word? Why they gotta say it like short? You know they can't play on my court Can't hang with the big dog Stay on the porch Blow the whistle Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hope all is well. This is Recorded Podcast, another day, another podcast. Today, it's the holiday season. Uh, People spending money, why not spend it with black business? People doing good things, people doing great things. Uh, And let's uplift our queens, the black queens, the black kings. Let's really keep that moving and build that business. Financial freedom, our only hope. Uh, I'm joined by somebody right now. Uh, Lancaster, I've been really reaching back to a lot of people from Lancaster, LA area. So please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Toya and I am from LA. Met my boy Reggie in Lancaster. We went to school together, but, um, I'm in the beauty business. Um, I'm a microblading artist slash now entrepreneur when it comes to product. And yeah, I'm in Atlanta out here trying to get it. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about where you from exactly in L.A., where you was born, and how was it growing up? Um, So I'm from L.A., from West L.A. area. Um, and, you know, I'm, look, I'm from the hood. Let's go to keep it all the way real on this here podcast. <laughs> I'm from the hood. Um, you know, I, my mother moved us to the Gardena area when I was, um, going into high school, uh, went to Gardena for high school. Then that's when I ended up moving to Lancaster, um, uh, my junior year in high school. And, um, you know, prior to moving to Lancaster, it was a little rough, you know, Rough around the edges, um, but, you know, we made the best of it. Uh, we enjoyed life. I can't say that I had a rough childhood to where I, I, I went without or anything like that. I had a great time. Um, but, you know, like most parents that want to do well with their kids, you know, she moved us from out of that uh, area so that she can give us a better life. So we ended up moving to Lancaster, and um, that's when I met, you know, my my now husband, and my good friend here on this podcast, Reggie. Uh, but everything, you know, I had a lot of life lessons um, growing up in L.A., uh, which molded me to who I am now. Um, not only just book smart, but streets too. I don't um, It's made me who I am today. But that's, you know, that's a little bit of my background, where I'm from and, you know, how I grew up a little bit. Definitely. We're definitely going to get into that black love later on in the podcast. But um, Lancaster, man, tell us like, man, because it's so sad to me. Like, it really feel like a trap for real. Like, unfortunately, like it just really feel like if you don't move out of there, you're going to be stuck and you're going to fall into a lot of bullshit. And I really hate that. And I definitely want to go back one day and try to build that shit up as best as I can, you know, connect with some people that's really in the streets really doing things and really try to help but talk about you know Lancaster a little bit like 
what did you see in it? Because as you said, your mom was trying to provide a better way. But as we mm-hmm. know, like when we lived there, like, you know, yeah. early 2000s and shit like that, that's when it really started to get turned up. I mean, yeah, it definitely got turned up. I think it was more so a lot of the, the same situation, like my situation. A lot of people was trying to move from the city, you know, get a, get out of the city and move to L.A. So it was a lot of a lot of gang violence started to, you know, spike up in Lancaster. I mean, it was, it, 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 I can say this, it's my living situation. It was great compared to where we came from. You know, you, you go from living in a duplex to apartments to living in a two-story two house. You make the best of it. Now, granted, it was, um, it was a lot of stuff going on. You know what I mean? Um, like you said, I didn't see myself staying there once I graduated high school. It just was no opportunities there. So once I um, I graduated high school, you know, I was on my money mission. You know, of course, you know, your parents want you to go to college, you know, and get this four-year degree. But I had other plans for myself. I knew that I wanted to go make money. I didn't want to be a broke college student. No, no shots at, look, no shots at. The, the, the college people definitely go to college, but it wasn't for me. And for me, you know, I um I didn't see any, like I said, I didn't see any opportunity there for me in Lancaster. So it was graduate from high school and I was, I rushed back down to the city, city, you know what I mean? Um, because I, I didn't see myself working retail because it just was too much going on down there. Um, I just didn't see any potential in growing um, being in the city of Lancaster, although, like you said, you know, a lot of people thought, hey, you know, I'm gonna move my family to Lancaster so that we can have a better life. Um, it was a better living situation, but a better life. No, because I still seen the same type of violence that I seen in L.A., you know, at the house parties, people getting shot up at, you know what I'm saying? It was a, it was a lot going. It got it got turned up really quick. Um, and me being a naive teenager at the time, I'm like, oh. You know, this is cool. Okay, this is close to LA. I, I, I could dig it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, once I I got more level-headed and I realized I wanted a better future for myself, I realized I was not going to get that living down there. It's just too small. Um, it's just not enough to do. It's not enough jobs. It's not enough nothing down there, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about that for a minute. Your husband, the king, he is. Like, he wears it on his sleeve like i lived here and stuff like that like i know y'all had conversations about it what did he tell you like it was like before you know the early 2000s before it got all wild i mean from my understanding it was way more calm you know from because when did i moved out there in 2000 what we graduated 2004 i moved out there and i think it was either late 2002 um and from what I what I understand, it was it was it was cool. People they brought the gangs down there. You know, you had people, I guess, creating. People were creating their own sets down there. You know what I'm saying? And from what I understand, you know, look, let's just keep it all the way real. Um, he he ran the streets too. You know what I'm saying? But. Um, he also realized that it was not much down there either, you know, so knew that he had to get up out of there or he was going to end up in jail or dead, you know? So it, I guess it just depends on who you run with, you know, and who, what type of crowd you was around during that time. 
yeah, like it's just really a blessing because you know it's mm-hmm. people that we know that were killed. We know people that end up throwing their life away, and like you said, for mm-hmm. him, it's a blessing that he really made it out with his life and his freedom, and to do mm-hmm. bigger and better things. It's really sad to me, like you know the different, you know, rest in peace, King Von stuff like that. When people try to move and make a better way for themselves. And then it's like, fuck, like I still end up getting killed anyway. Or, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that was really in the streets heavy when they 30 some years old, they really not on that no more. They figuring out ways to like make it out. I really think that 15 to 25 for a young black man is really a pivotal time. Like you're going to throw your life away. You're going to change your life. Like Mm -hmm. really, really, you could have a kid. You could go to jail. You could die. Like it's a lot of shit. Right. So definitely salute to him that he made it out. But how, so how did y'all meet? Let's get let's get into this black oh, we- black love story. <laughs> Look, this black love story. So uh, we met in high school. You know, we met at AV. Um, you know, I was crushing on him a little bit, a little something, something. <laughs> uh, but we met in high school. You know, we ended up getting together in high school. It was, I guess it is kind of like a fairy tale story. You know, we was together in the, the late, look, I would say we got serious in our senior year. Um, we was together from our senior year to, I say, about my early 20s, about 2021, you know, he ended up moving he ended up moving out of state you know me young look I still was trying to have a good time I'm like you know what baby it's not gonna work out you're in New York I'm in Cali <laughs> you know we need to take a break you know we'll connect how we connect and um, we ended up reconnecting we always remain friends um, so it was never like it was a bad breakup or any beef or anything like that that was still my dog even when we wasn't together he had a girl I had a boyfriend you know we every now and again we check up on each other how you doing how the family you know vice versa and um you know once he realized I was single again bro wanted to snatch me on back up (laughs) (laughs) he realized I was single again and you know so we gave it a shot and um coincidentally he knew that I wanted to move to Atlanta he was open to moving to Atlanta um we both ended up moving to Atlanta um both started our lives here both got married here. Look, we both we got married here, had our children here, and um, both building our brands, building our businesses, and it's been history ever since. We've been riding with each other ever since. Gonna keep riding. <laughs> and that's beautiful, and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is that, like, real love ain't really meant like, oh, you know, sometimes we stay together the whole time. That's beautiful, and that's great. But real love is like, bro, we can get divorced, be separated, mm-hmm. and even end up back together. Like, that's the epitome exactly. of real real love. You know, like, everybody want to just look at the bright side of it. It's like, nah, the shit get ugly to the point where it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just the scariest part to me is that, like, each year we change. I'm not the same mm-hmm. person you met at 17. I'm not the yep. same person you met at this age, that age. And as we grow sometimes one of us surpassed the other person and sometimes i think it's best like you said that's some gangster shit that niggas need to get into for real like look we got it we let's separate for a minute and mm-hmm. if it's good it's good and like mm-hmm. that's what more people got to realize i tell the young mm-hmm. boys have fun you know what i'm saying be yes. all the girls you want all that shit but when you find a good one man you better lock that shit down because yeah, stick to it you gonna fuck around you gonna look on motherfucking instagram and you gonna see <laughs> a whole family 
and she married with kids, and nigga gonna be hurt. That nigga yes, gonna grab facts. that blunt, the backwoods, <laughs> that right. Hennessy, and that nigga gonna dr- drown his fucking sorrows <laughs> yep, and stare true. at that goddamn photo all night no, look, long. All his life. <laughs> God <laughs> damn, man. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all that <laughs> fucked up out there. I hope y'all find somebody else, man. Yeah, man, yeah, but it's just amazing. Like, I really think that's commendable, and I love that. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Because I know you and Marcus is real close. Shout out to boy M. Dot for mayor, yeah. man. He doing his thing. That's Shout out to bro. Julian, man. Shout out yes. to the Pro Club. Shout out to the whole Lancaster. Anybody that made it out doing something to try and to. Shout out to everybody yeah. out there. Yeah. Shout out to y'all. L.A., man, everybody. But, yeah, it's just like I didn't know that, you know, that, yeah. you know, y'all did that. And I think that's so dope because people, mm-hmm. it's just like, yo, instead of, like, I'm cheating on you and I had a baby on you, all this shit. Let me just, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's agree to disagree and we're going to mm-hmm. slide out real quick. Yeah, and if it's meant to be, we'll get back together. Exactly, but. that's the point, key point. If it's meant to be, we'll get back together. And you have to, you have to have a have a strong mental for that. You know, a lot of people aren't mature enough to realize that you can't you can't go on with someone knowing that there's a possibility of of it breaking or a possibility of you cheating. And like I said, we were young. You know, we made that decision at a young age. You know, he respected my decision and I respected his. And like you said, we we ended up reconnecting. You know what I mean? And it was God's will, apparently. I'm not saying it's all peaches and cream. No relationship is perfect. No marriage is perfect. But what matters is that you keep God involved. You keep you keep you pray together. You know what I'm saying? Keep folks out your business. Keep your mess off the Instagram and Facebook, you know, so. All that stuff, it, it does play a part in your relationship and in your marriage. You know, you got to be very strong-willed, you know. <laughs> you got to be able to work through stuff because that's really what it's about at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's what, like, the pastor at my wedding was like, hey, shout out to everybody here, but y'all need to leave them alone. Don't be in their business. Don't mm-hmm. choose a side. Don't mm-hmm. worry about when they arguing. Don't worry about all that. Just let them be them and grow together yep. because, like, yep. When you mad and you tell your mom, your mom's still going to be mad next week, but you're going to mm-hmm. be over it. So it's like, mm-hmm. nah, bro, let's keep that between us. But being a, being a mom, how did that change you and how was that experience for you? Wow, that changed me. <laughs> that changed everything about me, <laughs> literally. I mean, because at this point, it, it, I have somebody looking up at me. You know what I mean? I have something that I re- I realized when I had my first daughter that now I really realize that this is this is who I'm living for. You know what I mean? I realized in that moment that I needed to step my game up. You know what I mean? Okay, it's it's grind time. It's hustle time. I want I want my daughters to be proud of their mother. You know what I mean? So it made me take life more serious. I'm not saying that I thought it was a joke before, but it made me take life more serious. Um, it made me realize that I really needed to um, give my child now two children stability. You know what I mean? And so that's what prompted me to, you know, get out here and get to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's so important. It just like, it changes people, and that's one thing for me. Like, I'm getting comfortable now in my older age, but when I was young, I was like, I got to have a kid by this age, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. But life don't work Not like at that. All. Like, life, Not at all. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where the school system really fuck you up. Like, oh, yeah. well, I just do this, 
and then I just move on. Like that's how life works. But when you graduate or finish school, whatever you do, it don't work like that. So it's like <laughs> for us too, and what I tell for everybody, man, like you may have a kid, things happen, whatever. But you know, when you have control of that, make sure you healed yourself. Because if not. <laughs> I just feel like, to me, the number one thing that's fucked up in this world is how people's childhood was. So if yes. you grew up fucked up, all you're going to do is reciprocate that fucked up mentality mm-hmm. to the next kid and the next kid mm-hmm. and the next kid. And, like, we all hold on shit from our childhood. So it's yeah. like, damn, man, like, you know, what what are some things that you wanted, if any, because, I mean, your mom seemed great and stuff like that. But, like, what is some things that you wanted differently for your kids than you had? Um, you know what, to be, listen, I I know this might sound crazy, but I wanted to raise my children in an environment where there was less violence, you know what I mean, now, and where I could grow them up not being fearful of gangs and, you know, stuff like that, and so, and I know this might sound weird, but when I first moved to Georgia, you know, the facts that the fact that I didn't hear no helicopters, no sirens, no police cars left and right, you know, that was a, a shock for me. You know what I mean? And I knew right then and there that this is where I would want to raise my family. Um, so as far as, you know, things as far as my childhood, I would say that would be the main thing. I wanted to grow them up in a better environment where um, it was more opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And Atlanta is now like the black Hollywood. And that's what attracted me and my husband, you know, to Atlanta, because when I first came to visit, I couldn't believe how many black men and women that I were seeing that I was seeing riding in luxury, you know, stuff as simple as that, like riding luxury, these big, beautiful homes and stuff like that. I knew right then and there, oh, I need to move to Atlanta, you know, and I seen black doctors, uh, so many black doctors, so many black entrepreneurs and people out here getting it. So as far as my childhood, I didn't see a lot of that. You know what I mean? And if you did, it was a lot of people. It's because you selling drugs. You know what I'm saying? And you you out here getting it like that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sometimes you just got to get it how you live. But I knew that I didn't want that for my kids. You know what I mean? So that if that was the main thing for me. I wanted to grow them up where I could feel comfortable. And I'm not saying Atlanta don't have no violence because it'd it be going down in Atlanta too. <laughs> it definitely goes down in Atlanta, but it's it's not as turned up as it is in LA, in Cali. Yeah. And I think, you know, for parents and stuff, like they young things happen and they try to do the best they can. But it's just like I think all of us no matter if our, we grew up in a mansion or what, like it's some certain things that we're going to do better because our parents is doing the best that they could exactly. with what they got. But like mm-hmm. like you said, for me coming to Atlanta, I'm weirded out by shit like trees. Like, oh, wow, it's a, right. it's a lot of trees here. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of greenery. Niggas is looking at me like, yo, like, right. the fuck you was in jail? Like, it's like, a tree. <laughs> like, nah, bro, yeah. we don't see these type of trees. Yeah, like, bro, I, don't, I didn't see a lot of trees and shit. But nah. also, like, it was a vibe for me to ride to, like, um, my mom lived in Rex right next to Ellenwood. I would ride over to, like, a neighborhood and just see these different big-ass houses and, like, mm-hmm. black companies on a truck outside mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this shit is, like, mm-hmm. crazy because you got to only drive to certain parts in L.A. where you ain't going to be able to get in like that and stuff like it. that. You can't look at that mm-hmm. shit like that. You know, I remember my stepmom took us to, like, 
somewhere some rich neighborhood to look at Christmas lights, but like that's the type of shit you gotta do in mm-hmm. LA because it's mm-hmm. like you don't really see that like that. Like mm-hmm. there's no like big black area like that that's flourishing like that. But mm-hmm. out here, Atlanta man is a love. It's story. everywhere. Man, <laughs> it's I, everywhere. I'm tell you, I love Atlanta because it just provided so much. It's like affordable. We creating that generational wealth by owning homes and shit like that. And yep. like just everything, you know, different, you know, than mm-hmm. what we had and stuff like that. So it's just amazing. But being an entrepreneur versus having a job, what is it for you that make you like, hey, man, I just want to I can't do this job stuff. I got to push my own stuff. Well, first of all, I don't like taking orders from people. (laughs) That's the main thing. And then not only that, I just want to be able to grow something and build something to be to to be able to um, leave for my kids. And then not only that, so that I can have be, be able to have more time to spend with my kids. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're stuck on a nine to five and I, this is no shots to anybody working a nine to five, because sometimes that's just the path that God puts you on. Um, but for me, um, I, I want to be able to not miss those moments you know what I mean I remember with growing up with my mom she was working her ass off you know what I mean and I remember wishing that she could could have shown up for a ceremony or two you know but in the same breath she had to get out here and, and make that money so for me that's my main thing I don't want to miss out on anything you know I want to be I want to be there for those precious moments I want to be there you know when you go to your first dance or when you have these ceremonies you know what I'm saying so it's time I don't want to be a slave to anybody's time but my own you know and and just be able to build and like you said break those generational curses and provide generational wealth for my children that's my main thing honestly now those are bars right there man those are (laughs) bars but it's just like we have to because like all we do is pass down like bad credit trauma all kind of shit like that like we just Mm -hmm. pass it down because like we haven't resolved things in our you know childhood and things like that so we look at our kids and like oh you you know you didn't have it as bad as I did I had to it's like no I don't need to be like that it, it don't like, work that's nah, not the point <laughs> let's like change that shit bro let's change that like, it ain't that's not what life's about no nah, no nah, we can't and then like you said like I mean y'all could have just stayed in Lancaster and did nothing or been broken up or they could just see like y'all don't really you know love each other and stuff like that and from you know, what I see and stuff like that, which you allow people to see, which is smart, is the happiness that y'all have, you know, because everybody mm-hmm. has their own stuff. But you don't need to jump on there and like, let me tell you about this motherfucker nah, and this and that and, and vice versa. <laughs> it's like, nah, bro, let them see that and let people see what it could be like. You know, one exactly. thing about the pandemic, too, is like, bro. Being single don't seem that fun in this shit for real. Like, <laughs> right. You lonely. Nah, bro. Like, I'm straight. Like, niggas is outside. Don't get it fucked up. They still. Yeah, they are outside. They, they risking COVID. Like, niggas is risking that care. shit every day. They like, I don't give a fuck. That's the COVID. I need we to get here. some of this pussy for real. That's what they need. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, that. Just, like, but... I don't give a fuck. But it just yeah. seemed like you building. You know what I'm saying? Because in the pandemic, it's going to be two days. It's going to be some rough times. It's like, damn, we're around each other. And, like, one day I might be pissed off because I can't be doing what I'm used to doing. And then other times, it's just growing. 
And like mm. for me, man, 2020 is an amazing year because I got in tune with myself. Like I yes. resolved some shit in my yes. life. I didn't did therapy. I didn't did shit like just to get myself <laughs> right because right. it's like you had to sit down. You can't move yeah. around like that. So like you stuck with you. This shit, <laughs> man, it's a blessing, man. And also in that yeah. I got to work with you on your line. Let's yes. talk about that right now. Let's yes. get into the yes. business. What we talking about? Tell us about what you do with the microblading and your store and everything. Just give us a little rundown on it. Well, so um, in regards to my microblading, so as of last month, it has been three years um, that I've been actually um, in business. Let's go. Um, my micro, <laughs> yeah, man, I can't believe it. crap up on me, but it's been three years now since I've um, started that, and uh, what actually got me into that is because. I love eyebrows, okay? I've always been an eyebrow person, even before I moved to Atlanta. Um, you know, I would my friends and stuff would ask me to do their eyebrows and stuff like that, filling their eyebrows for them. Uh, thanks to Mac. Shout out to Mac and all the Mac girls out there because I went to Mac and the girl showed me how to fill in my brows and it was history out there. I'm like, oh, so this is what you do. And then uh, one day I was browsing on IG and um, I seen this lady I don't even remember who it was, but it was somebody that I was following at the time and she had went and got hers done. And so, you know, she posted her before and after and I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> like, is this a tattoo or what is this? So um, I started doing my research about it and, um, and I learned about microblading and I just kept following, you know, different artists and stuff like that that did it. And, and at that time, it really intrigued me. So I was like, you know what, let me... Let me find somebody that trains and actually does this, you know. So I ended up finding somebody to train me. And um, and now don't get me wrong, it was rough, you know, at first. Like with anything, it was something that I had to get used to. And, um, you know, it took it took me a little minute to kind of catch my flow, you know. So for it, just real quick, for anybody that's out there in the PMU, the permanent makeup business, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Everything takes time. Give yourself at least a year to learn what it is that you're doing, how, you know, you're going to market your business and things like that, because it is hard, you know, but what matters is that you stay consistent, you know, so, and so that goes back to me, you know, I kept at it, you know, it was times that I wanted to quit, you know, and hubby was like, uh, quit what? <laughs> ain't no quitters over here. Like you're going to keep, you're going to keep doing that. Let's you keep practicing, keep going at it. You know, you work too hard to quit. And then I got, you know, one of my best friends, you know, she pushed me too, you know, so you're, hello, you're not quitting. Shout out to Erica. <laughs> Look, she, she was like, no, ma'am, it's not happening. So between, between them and, you know, my, my mom, you know, I kept at it and here I am now three years later. And now here I am now just launched a brow and lash line um, as of September. It was around every day. Um, and that's been going well. You know, I'm super excited about that. That's something fresh. That's my new baby that I'm trying to nurture, um, trying to get her off the ground. And, you know, shout out to my girl, Kathy. Um, and if anybody is in the L.A. area, my product as of, yes, excuse me, this past weekend is now in stores. Um, it is at Merle, uh, Merle Norman Cosmetics in the Westminster Mall in Cali. Um, and shout out to you, Reggie. You assisted me with getting my product, getting my website going with my product photos, you know. So it's been a journey. You know, I appreciate you. You know, if y'all don't know, 
Reggie does photography. He did my product photos and they are amazing. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, you know, in the process of getting that going and um, it's been a journey. It's been a hell of a journey. It's been highs. It's been lows. It's been hella tears. Hella, this is some bullshit. I'm about to quit. I ain't got time for this. Where's my job at? You know, but um, I've been, I kept at it and I'm going to keep going and it's going to keep elevating. I'm going to keep growing. So it's, it's, it's been a hell of a ride to say the least. Man, that's just amazing. Once again, Black Love wins. Shout out to your husband again, <laughs> man. Just like having that partner, man, because in business and for yourself and trying to do something out the box, and he don't know nothing about eyebrows and no shit like nothing. that. So it's like, he just like, <laughs> I don't know, thing. you know what I'm saying? I just know you like it. So you do it. But like, that's the yeah. real shit. Like for me, it's like I with the podcast, different things I'm doing, I'm like, I need consistency and I need mm-hmm. discipline every Wednesday. I got to drop yep. every Wednesday and it's hard sometimes to come up with ideas and how I'm right. going to market this. I just start doing promotion on Instagram and stuff like that, trying different things, you know, for photography. And I got to try with the podcast. It's just so much that yeah. is hard and you want to give up. This shit ain't for the weary. It ain't for the weak. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you feel when somebody tell you you crazy, you wasting your money, right. you got right. kids, what are you doing? Just work a job, this, that, whatever. It's like, nah, man, I got to go. I got a dream, man. I seen a quote, uh, mm-hmm. earn your leisure. I followed him. It's all about money podcast. It's like you could turn down 50,000 a month for 50,000 a year. So it's just like, bro, you got to jump out the box. You got to try that. And one thing I want to say about you, because in black business, we support and we keep going. We don't ask for fucking discounts and shit like that. We go hard. (laughs) So like after I work with you and I really appreciate you trusting me in that because I never done that. But I was like, I'm going to try hard (laughs) and I'm going to, you know, try to give you a fair price and all that. Just do it the right way. And I know I'll be blessed for it later yeah. you know and for me i was like okay so she trusted me uh with my business let me buy something for her business and that's how we start that generational wealth and building mm-hmm. up our community i didn't say hey, yo toya you know what i'm saying um uh, i need this pride you know it's just kind of expensive yeah. and i really got that and this and that it's like no like w- i asked you uh which one should I get? Which one this? Mm-hmm. These are the questions and the type of things we got to start doing, like, to really to. build each other. And black business, customer service. Let me tell you something about this, man. <laughs> man. Gosh, man. What, what is the name exactly? Because I don't want to mess it up of your line and your website. It's Beauty Royale Brow Bar. Okay. So when I ordered from that website, it was so precise. It moved smooth. It was professional. As soon as I ordered, I got a text message. As soon as it got shipped out, I got a text message. I got an email. I got an update. I got different chains of what's going on. And let me tell you, that shit was so professional. And I was so proud to just be a part of something that wasn't some bullshit. Like, oh, no, man, you just, uh, I'm, it's going to be there in a minute. You know, just give me a minute. Like, man, it just kept me updated. And the way everything moves, so all of that planning, all that hard work, them tears, and hubby supporting, man, I'm telling you, it paid off to Thank everybody, you. man. Go get that. Go Thank get that. You. We're going to put it in the description on Instagram. We'll put, you know, where you can get it. We'll put the website. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, I'll put the website link to it and all of that. 
so everybody get familiar. But what's your personal favorite on your line? If you say this week, I guess, because, you know, that's a hard. What's your favorite? So this week, what are you feeling like far as eyelashes or something like that? Which one of yours would you prefer for most? Um, I guess so... beginners and for like professional with the eyelashes or. Okay. <laughs> So for beginners, I would recommend, you know, I know this is so <laughs> cliche, but, but LA Girl, <laughs> but LA Girl is, um, it's, it's a really nice lash. Um, it gives you that perfect volume, but it still looks natural. Um, it still gives you that pop. Um, that would be good for a beginner or either classy chick. Classy chick is also a great lash for beginners and it, it's classy. It's a real cute, classy look. And then for professionals, um, my personal fave this week in this past weekend actually was my, um, my runway lash. Um, it's a very, it's a, a nice volume. You got to have your makeup done a little bit, a, a little light beat, you know, a cool little beat or a light beat, um, would be great with the runway lashes. And then my second fave. I know you said one, but my second fave uh, would be Bay Vibes. Um, I love that lash. It's the perfect wispy lash, but still adds that nice volume and still provides you that natural look. Um, but those two are my faves as far as this week. And then, like I said, beginners, either L.A. Girl or Classy Chick. So did you come up with these names? Because these are pretty cool, creative names. You know, so I did come up with the names. Hey, talk your <laughs> shit then. <laughs> Hey, talk your shit, young one. <laughs> so, um, and you know how it's so funny because I named the lashes based on the way they looked. You know, I was like, okay, let me put this one on. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna put this lash on it, see what see what vibe it give me. You know, and so oh, that's how I came up with the names. And then it's so funny, actually, when I was coming up with the names, I'm asking my look. I'm again, hubby. Look, shout out to hubby. Okay, hubby is hubby. He is my partner. He's my business partner. He's my confidant. He's everything. <laughs> so. I was going over the names with him um, and one of my best friends, actually. And they were like, yeah, that's cute. That's cool. Okay, yeah, I like that. You know, so, of course, you got to get some opinions to make sure it all flows. But, yeah, so that's how I came up with the names. Though. I was putting them on, honey. I was trying them on yeah. <laughs> to make sure it went. <laughs> to, that, the name go with the vibe. <laughs> Definitely. And that's just the great thing about business. It's your shit. You can do whatever yes, you want. You exactly. Know? And they can just, like, people... Like, the thing about branding and shit, too, is just that, like, if you put enough confidence and effort behind it, man, people fuck with it. They're really yeah. like, wow, I got to try this. Because, right. like, they banging this shit like the set. So, I got to try this <laughs> right, for real. Exactly. So, let me exactly. fuck with That's it. That's why I would say, wear your shit like you going to wear that Gucci. Like, you going to wear that Louis and that Fendi. You know what I'm saying? You're going to tag them the very moment you, you pop up with a fly-ass pic. You're going to tag Gucci. You're going to tag Prada, all that stuff. So, you know, bang, like you said, bang your shit like it's a gang, okay? Tag your shit every time. You know, at your shit every time. Hashtag your shit every time. Branding is so important. And like you said, if you believe in your shit, eventually you're going to make other people believe in it. You know, if you, you got to make sure that you bring in that energy with your brand, always. Man, that is definitely it, man. I got just two quick questions and we gonna get out of here. What's your favorite LA based song of all time that you could just hear? Because people don't understand, man. Corrupt, we can freak it is just definitely like people don't know. 
sugar free, you know what I'm saying? Why you bullshitting? You know, yeah, they that's don't, one of my favorites. They don't know, too. but what's your personal favorite? I guess. Dang, I'm trying to see. That's a hard question. Do it got to be new or old? It could be anything you want. It's yours. Uh, I okay. This about to be real ratchet, but I'm gonna say too short. You know what's your favorite word, bitch? Why you gotta say it like so? Yeah, I know. So blow the whistle. <laughs> so do you? Are you fucking with Sweetie's version of it? Are you fucking with it? Oh what? Yes, I love Sweetie's version of it. Yeah, I'm real LA. I'm sorry, y'all. I live in Atlanta, and I might got this little twang, but I, I love all the LA shit, all the ratchet shit, classy, classy, bougie, ratchet. <laughs> Yeah, and, and people, man, that was such a fun time. Like, cause people don't know that like Bay Area shit don't really make it to L.A. like that. But like no, the hyphy era, the hyphy movement amazing. was serious. Oh my god, man! Shout the hyphy movement was the move. Okay, man, Marcus <laughs> and Julian, man, shout out to them, man. They had a song called "Party Train" when they was rapping, man. B Mac. <laughs> And, like, what it was is that, like, in Lancaster, people would run through all the lights. It was very dangerous. Don't try this at home. Everybody oh, would get in a train and just go through all the lights. But if it's 30 oh, cars, if it's 30 cars, ain't nobody going to do that shit. And I did that shit once or twice. And I was like, hey, man, I don't really want to fuck my car up. <laughs> like, no. I really God, don't want to fuck my car up. Like, ah, uh, shit. Just like uh, in Ghost Riding so the Whip. I ain't never yeah, ghost ride the whip nah, in my I life. Never even tried that. Like hell no, nah. my wife she <laughs> she be sipping a little wine. She be like, let's go ride, ghost ride the whip. I'm like, the fuck, nah. no, we're not going to ghost ride the whip. We're not gonna ghost ride. Oh That's man, out. oh shit, but man, shout out to the whole L.A., Lancaster, California, Oakland, everybody, man, yes. and go get. Uh, sis stuff man go rock it we gonna put it all the information you need but last thing i tell everybody speaking into existence what do you want out of your life wow uh financial freedom you know financial freedom i don't want a dollar to ever stop me from moving or pursuing anything that it is that i want out of this world that's my main thing. You know, wealth. I ain't trying to say I want to be rich. I mean, I'm not God. If you want to make me rich, that's cool. However, that's the main goal. I just financial freedom is the main thing here. That's that's what I'm working towards right now, man. Thank you. Thank you. And this is recorded.